Welcome to Thriller Vault, where thriller writers tell their favorite stories. I'm your host, Phil Williams. And tonight I have a thrilling action-adventure story by Jim Heskett. Jim Heskett writes stories about outsiders who fight crime, award-winning crime thrillers seasoned with a dash of snark. The author was born in the wilds of Oklahoma, raised by a pack of wolves with a station wagon and a membership card to the local swimming pool. Just like the man in the John Denver song, he moved to Colorado in the summer of his 27th year. He's never looked back. Aside from a wild year traveling the world, he hasn't let the Flatirons Mountains out of his sight. You can find him currently huddled over a laptop in an undisclosed location in Colorado, dreaming up ways to kill his beloved characters. You can read three of his stories for free on his website at jimheskett.com. Without further ado, let's get into the story. Harry Bukadakis kept his hands at 10 and 2 as he piloted the car along the dirt road. He didn't like the havoc this bumpy surface was wreaking on his aging Toyota's shocks, but it couldn't be helped. In the passenger seat, Serena Rojas stewed. She'd been in a stewing sort of mood since Harry had picked her up at the airport an hour ago. He could count the number of words she'd said on one hand during this lengthy drive out into the country. Nothing odd about that, though. Serena could go days without speaking, and Harry had seen her do it. So, he said, uh, do you think you could tell me what we're doing out here? She leaned forward and examined the sky, purple and dotted with lazy clouds as the sun sank below the trees. She checked her watch. Sunset's late. It's supposed to be dark by now. Harry could debate the tardiness of nighttime, but decided to leave it be. He lifted a hand to flick on the headlamps, actually. But before he could touch the button, Serena snatched his hand in midair and knitted her brow. Let's stay dark because we've arrived. Pull right over here. She tilted her head to the right. Harry parked along the side of the road, an odd street with nothing but open field on the left and the back of a bar or restaurant on the right. Not much else around in shit-kicker country. They were outside the lights of any major town on a back road disappearing into the hills. What is this place? That's the rear of Lucky's, Serena said. Pool hall. The main entrance is in the front, but what I'm looking for will come out the back. Harry nodded and shifted in his seat. At this angle, they could see the cinder block facade of the building clearly, but Harry's car was shrouded in shadows. A drop of sweat slinked down his belly. Right, and so what's going to come out the back? I mean, I'm always up for helping you out, but maybe you could help me out a little by telling me why we're at a pool hall in the boonies in Virginia. I already told my wife I'd be late but she's probably expecting me to come home at some point tonight. Serena parted her lips to speak, but then the back door of the bar opened and she stopped short. One second. She reached down into her purse on the floor and drew two rolls of quarters, then she opened the door. Harry shot his hand up to the roof console to kill the door light as Serena skidded across the short field to the back parking lot. With the sun now mostly set and a single lamplight illuminating the far side of the lot, Harry could barely see her. She was wearing loose black pants and a tight brown t-shirt as she blended with the shadows on a roundabout course to a figure standing outside the door. Her hair had been pulled back into a compact bun, but Harry could see those rolls of quarters clutched in her palms as she skulked through the dark. She moved toward that back door as it slammed shut. Harry could barely make out a tall figure standing in front of it, probably male and Caucasian. He paused to light a cigarette, head down. The figure wore a red baseball cap and a dark jacket. Like a flash, Serena met him. She approached from the right, and he only noticed her at the last second. Too late. 
Serena swiped a fistful of quarters at his jaw and Harry heard the ferocity of the punch all the way over here. The man involuntarily twirled, his arms in the air and his shoes kicking up gravel. Holy crap, Harry said to the dashboard, gripping the wheel. Before the red-capped man could recover, Serena snatched him by the arm and jerked him around to face away. She wrapped an arm across his throat and used her other arm atop his head in a classic sleeper pose. She threaded her feet inside his ankles, then pulled them both to the ground, him on top and trying to wriggle free as she kept her arms firmly in place. Harry felt his pulse escalate as he wiped sweaty palms on his pants. Okay, right, there's gotta be an explanation for all this. A few seconds later, the man stopped fighting her and stilled. Serena flipped him over and checked his wallet. Harry couldn't read her expression from this far away, but she seemed disappointed. She stood and grabbed the man by the hands, then dragged him across the gravel to the other side of the lot. A moment later, she came running back toward Harry's car. A lump formed in his throat as she opened the door, and her shoulders heaved as she sucked in harsh breaths. Okay, Harry said. We should talk about what just happened. She frowned. It wasn't him. This is the part where you tell me who you're looking for. Serena gulped and exhaled as she checked her pulse. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. He was stronger than I thought. Wrong guy, though. Wrong guy for what? Is he dead? No, he'll wake up in a couple minutes. Sorry, I'll explain. You know I have a couple little sisters, right? Yes. Her eyebrows jumped up her head as she held up a finger. Hold on, I'll be right back. Harry's eyes flicked to the back door as it opened. Before he could get a word out, Serena had fled the car and rushed across the lot. Great, he said, sliding back into his seat. He wondered if he should leave the car running for a quick getaway. Serena hadn't said anything about it. This man also wore a baseball cap, this time black. Otherwise, he looked exactly like the first guy. Or he did, as close as Harry could tell. He was long overdue for an optometrist visit to adjust his prescription. Serena creeped up behind the man. He never saw it coming. She stomped on his calf, sending the poor bastard to his knees. With no hesitation, she jabbed a needle into his neck. Oh, good lord, Harry said. He craned his neck to look for other cars or any pedestrians strolling by. So far, they seemed completely alone out here on this back road. Just the crickets and the humidity. Serena checked target number two's wallet, again scowled, and then dragged his body across to join the other one. She dusted off her hands and rolled her head around her shoulders. When she jogged back toward the car and got in, Harry decided he'd had enough. Listen, Serena, you better tell me what's going on right now. She pushed air in and out of her nose, chest heaving. I'm sorry, K-Books, I was trying to tell you. Is that guy dead? No, based on a rough guess of his body weight, he'll come back around in a half an hour. And? So, my youngest sister... She came through here about three weeks ago on her way up north. She and a friend stopped for a drink, and she got flirty with some guy. They were getting along better and better as the night went on, if you know what I mean. Sure. But then she and the friend went to the bathroom, and when they came back, he'd stolen everything out of her purse and took off. That's why you flew in from Anchorage today? She only told me about it yesterday. Believe me, I wouldn't have waited three weeks if she'd told me right away. I'm just trying to understand our goal here, Serena. You interrupted your current field mission to beat up some guy for robbing your little sister? She pivoted in her seat toward him, a blank expression on her face. Her forehead was dotted with sweat. That purse had a St. Christopher medal in it. It was a gift from our abuela. It's important. Harry took a beat to consider before responding. Eventually, he nodded. 
Roger that. Should I leave the car running? She twitched her lips back and forth a couple times, if it makes you feel more comfortable. I appreciate you doing this, Harry. Sure, it's no trouble. Serena's head whipped toward the back of the bar as it opened. She snarled. That's him. That's the thief I can tell from here. Like a gust of wind, she disappeared from the car. Once again, Harry sat alone. Just the steering wheel and a pine tree-shaped air freshener hanging from the rear view to keep him company. As Serena intertwined with the shadows, Harry sighed to the dashboard. Sorry, honey, I know I'm late, but I had to drive my work colleague out to the country to beat up a redneck thief. It was either this or clean out the gutters this evening, and we both know that wasn't going to happen. Serena crept up behind the man, and she appeared to ready herself for the same calf-stomp move. She stood to her full height, hands wide. Except the man was ready for her. He spun and backhanded Serena across the mouth. Hard. Harry sat up straight and gripped the wheel. Uh-oh. Serena dodged to the right, but her opponent delivered a lightning-fast kick to her ribs, sending her staggering. Harry didn't think he'd ever seen Serena lose a fight before. Shit, he said. His eyes bounced around the car, looking for anything he could use as a weapon or tool. He had his phone, but who could he call? Lane Parrish and Daphne Curick were too far from his current location to do anything. Even if Harry called the cops, they would still waste several minutes responding. His gaze landed on Serena's black leather bag. But before he could lean over to spy the contents, he heard a sound to his left. Harry turned to see a burly figure in a red baseball cap standing next to his car. Bloody nose, one eye puffy and showing early signs of bruising. The first guy Serena had subdued. He'd woken up a little earlier than expected. You're with her? The furious man asked. Harry's throat closed up. His mouth went dry. Red Cap thunked a bare fist against the window, sending a hairline crack up the middle. Harry looked over to his right. Serena and her opponent were tied up in a standing stalemate, hands around each other's throats. The man outside punched the window again. The crack spread. Roll down your damn window, fat boy! Who the hell are y'all? Arms trembling and stomach bubbling, Harry reached a hand toward the door release. Red Cap stepped forward. Harry fixed his jaw and pushed the door open with all his might, smacking the man in the knees. He bellowed and took a step back, cursing the air as he stumbled. Harry wrenched the door closed and pressed the lock. Frantic, he leaned over to Serena's bag and opened it. He rifled through normal purse items like lip balm, a wallet, paper receipts, an unopened bag of airline pretzels. Then he found a 9mm Ruger at the bottom. Had she smuggled us onto the plane from Alaska? How in the world had she done that? No time to ponder as the man again smacked the window, hurling repeated obscenities that would make Harry's mother blush. He snatched the gun and held it up toward the window. The guy stopped mid-punch, his fist bloodied. He thrust his hands up into the air and took a step back, total shock on the guy's face. Harry hated guns, but in this moment, he did like the respect it commanded. He breathed, the pistol jiggling in his hands. He hadn't even checked if it was loaded. Or was the safety on? Did this model have a thumb safety? Harry couldn't look now. Back up, he said, forcing confidence into his tone. The guy took a couple of steps into the street. Harry desperately wanted to turn his head to check on Serena, but he knew he couldn't. If he looked away for one second, he would lose his advantage. An idea struck. He opened the car door, waving the gun. The man took a few more steps back, eyes wide, staring intently at the weapon in Harry Bukudakis' vibrating grip. He scooted out of the car and reminded himself to lock his arms. He shifted in a semicircle to his left until he could bring the back of the pool hall into his peripheral vision. But Serena and her target weren't there now. No one stood in the pool hall's back lot. 
Look, dude, the guy said, whatever you and your psycho girlfriend are doing, I don't want any part of it. She's not my girlfriend, Harry said, wiggling the ring finger of his left hand. We just work together. Whatever, I don't care. Please don't shoot me. Harry hesitated, unsure what to do. His target was about 15 feet away. Obviously, he wouldn't shoot the guy. But now that Harry had him at gunpoint, he wasn't sure where to go from here. And he must have let his eyes wander for a split second because the man across from him made his move. He dashed forward, hands out, teeth bared, road dirt churning under his tennis shoes. Harry's finger tightened around the trigger. His eyelids wanted to shut, but he forced them to stay open. Red Cap closed the distance, one step, then two, and now half of that 15-foot buffer evaporated, eyes burning, rage on his face. But then something zipped across the air in the man and skidded to a stop as a curt yelp escaped his lips. A tiny black stick jutted out from his neck as if it had appeared there by magic. One step away from grabbing Harry, the man stumbled onto the dirt road and collapsed at Harry's feet, eyes closed, unconscious. The gun-wielding intelligence analyst whirled around to see Serena standing to the right of the car with a trank gun clutched in one hand. You okay? she asked. Harry unclenched all his tensed limbs at once, which resulted in him careening into his Toyota. He slumped down on the hood, making it dip. What was that? Serena scooted over toward the man on the ground, eyeing him. She hunkered down and plucked the dart from his neck. You can take your finger off the trigger now, Harry. He did as ordered and set the gun next to him on the hood. This guy will be out for a while, she said. Sorry, I should have done that the first time. I didn't think we would be here long enough for it to matter. How did you get these guns through airport security? I didn't. I stashed both these pieces at Dulles about a year ago. Thought I might need them someday. Where's the other guy, the one you were fighting? She shook her head. He didn't have it on him. She pulled out a phone and a set of car keys. No wallet, but I got his keys and his phone. Can you hack this thing and tell me where he lives? I'll bet he's got my sister's necklace at his house. Harry giggled a little as the remnants of nervous energy flowed through him. Sure, yeah, I, I can get you an address. Serena rounded the car and retrieved her pistol, which she slipped into the back of her waistband. I'm glad you didn't shoot him. Me too, I, I, I thought I might have to. Serena patted him on the shoulder. You're a good guy, Harry Bukadakis. Thank you. He reached back into the car to grab his phone. If we go to this guy's house, you promise I won't have to shoot anyone? I promise. Plus, I'll buy you dinner on the way back. He nodded and worked his jaw left and right. It ached from prolonged grinding. Deal. I just need to call my wife real quick. He unlocked his phone and took a couple steps away as he cradled it to his ear. I'll be right back. Serena nodded as she ejected the Ruger's magazine. The top of the mag caught the moonlight and Harry could see it was empty as he listened to the phone ring. I hope you enjoyed the story. If so, please check out Jim Heskett at jimheskett.com. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Thriller Vault. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. I'll see you next Saturday for a brand new episode.